0: Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is July 27th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. right, lead off segment for this episode was inspired by an argument at work last night. um, That I had with a uh, co-worker over the phone. And in person. Um, Who has the best food in the country? Now I can't, obviously I can't speak for the whole country. So obviously I'm just... It's like, just in my opinion, like, restaurants that I've been to throughout my life. And I got to say, man, and I'm not sponsored by this restaurant. Okay, so I'm not, I don't have no incentive to plug them or anything. But this restaurant in this region called Show Mars, man, I'm telling you pound for pound they're one of the best restaurants i've ever been to and my favorite is the uh euro um the greek euro with the lamb the pita bread the pita sauce um i usually just get that and the lamb the bread and the sauce but it comes with like fries and vegetables and all that stuff but they've got all kinds of stuff on there man man burgers chicken fish salads i mean it's it's a it's a greek themed uh restaurant and you know it's just one of the best i've ever been to um you know they've got you can do drive you can do drive through you can do dine in um well, not, I I haven't been there since the pandemic jumped off, but um I went there for my birthday last year and um you know I'm not even going to talk about what the other person at work was saying cuz it, it doesn't matter, but I'm just saying what restaurant I like, who I think is the best in the country. I don't really need to taste anybody else. When I want to go out. And do something. I go to that restaurant. So if you have a favorite restaurant. Favorite food. Whatever. Um, chime in and let me know man. Um, next segment. Big screen TV phenomenon. Is it over? Um, I say about. 2000, let me see, 2005, I really got into big screen TVs. From that point backwards, I never really cared about having a big screen TV. Um, And, of course, it was somebody else bragging about that they had one that got me into it. And because I was just like, I had a. I had, like, just a basic old-school tube TV, and I was happy with that. I was just like, whatever, you know. All I cared about was just um, watching sports, you know, playing a little PlayStation here and there, and that was it. And then, you know. One of my um it was actually my manager at my uh, one of my old jobs he was like man if you upgrade to a you know a flat screen tv and you know the graphics are gonna be so much better um on your playstation blah 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 um then he just started telling me about lcd and plasma and just all this stuff and um, it was crazy man I became obsessed like with with a contrast ratio and 720p and 1080p like you know and then finally I want to say in 07 Cause I had been like waiting for a deal and it really wasn't a deal, but I had been waiting for a deal for like months. And I just, this is how, this is how long it's been. I went to circuit city and bought my first big screen TV for 1500. And you just think now you could probably get TV. You could probably get flat screens for your whole house now for 1500 every room i paid that for one tv it was a 42 inch uh sharp lcd um it was pretty good too um had three hdmi ports um pretty good contrast ratio um but i you just don't hear people obsessing over tvs now like it was back then it was just like you be at work and just everybody's like man i gotta upgrade my tv it was just a phenomenon smart tvs really hadn't hit it didn't smart tvs really didn't hit until like 2010 with all the apps on them and all that crap internet on them and all that i want to say i want to say that that tv had a internet port on it ethernet port I could be wrong I don't remember um cause when they when big screen TVs first hit in 2000 I mean you was you was talking like five six thousand dollars for a 42 inch then five years they came down to 1500 then another five years in 2010 they came down to like 600 now I mean you can go get you a a 70-inch Ultimate high-definition TV For like 800 bucks It's insane So um, Let me know what you think about the uh, Big-screen TV phenomenon Is it over? And Let's move on to the next segment which is entitled. This is the Florida State stuff now. Uh, over or under 5,000 yards of total offense for the Florida State offense. Um, I think I think 5,000 is a good number. Um, I don't see. I think they're going to be more of a throwing team than a passing team. So I could see them throwing for 4,000 yards it may be running 4000. I don't I think the offensive line needs tremendous help, tremendous work. Um these guys need to get in the weight room. They need to somebody need to to uh, set a fire up under them. But I I think 5000 yards of total offense is the right number. Um I just don't see this being a run first team. I think this is going to have to be a throw first team. And I think you need to get your screen game going to get to those 4,000 yards. Um, But if they go over that, I'll be surprised. I mean, we did the points per game last week. I think it was 24 points we were saying. So I, I think those are modest numbers and modest expectations for this <clears throat> offense. I don't think they're just going to come out, you know, day one guns a blazing. Because, um, you know, your most dominant offensive lineman is a run, is a... Uh, run first offensive lineman like he's a better run blocker than pass blocker so i think you're going to have some issues but depending on your offensive uh design like you can run the football and and be effective doing it it just it just depends on what you're doing like this offensive line is not built for the read option. Okay. It's built for like the West Coast offense. Like traps and pulls and just quick hitting running plays. So if you can do stuff like that, I could see you, you know, doing better in terms of yards and points. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. Next segment. Next segment. Who has the best awareness on this team and we're talking about football awareness of course um i think national dean emmett rice marvin wilson tamori and terry have to be the front runners i think you could put james blackman like fifth on that list I can't really evaluate the, the, the freshmen or the transfers yet. I don't know nothing about them. Um, but I would say if I had to just pick one guy, I would probably go Dean. And then a very close second Marvin Wilson. Um and maybe maybe I flip flop those. You know? Um maybe Marvin Wilson is number one. Um I mean you wish you would wish that a lot of players on your team had good to average to good awareness but you know unfortunately it hasn't worked out like that So let me know what you think about that segment, coaching. Uh, I mean, um, I'm about to read the next segment. Who has the best awareness uh, on this team? Um, going into the next segment. Grading Norvell while at Memphis. All right, and um, I'm still looking here. Hold on. Um, I'm trying to bring his, uh, again this guy's only <clears throat> 38 years old 38 and 15 uh for his uh head coaching career um I mean, his offense was pretty prolific, man. His offense was very prolific, but you, you have to take that with a grain of salt because it was the AAC. So... Um, He won the AAC West Division three times and he won the AAC Championship in twenty nineteen. Um his first year he went eight and five. Um I'm trying to see it's... Second year he went ten and three. And we know last year he won the AAC championship, and they went eleven and one. Uh, I think they lost to. Let's see. I want to say they lost to Penn State in the Cotton Bowl. Let me see. Let me look this up just to be safe. No, they. Oh yeah, they lost. Fifty-three to thirty-nine. Yeah. I mean, but that's. I mean, putting up thirty-nine points against a Power Five team. That's that's pretty prolific. Um. So if I'm giving Norvell a grade. For his time at Memphis. And I'm not a Memphis football fan. I would say a B plus. You know obviously if he had them undefeated. And in contention for anything. Um, like playoff wise. I would have gave him an A. But I would say a solid. Um, solid B+. Borderline A. Um, you know if he can bring that same magic to. Florida State man we're gonna be in good shape you know at first I was hating on the guy Um, you know but and that's just because I wasn't hating on him because I had anything personal against him I just felt like he was the last choice he wasn't excuse me he wasn't the first choice If he would have been the first choice, if that's who Florida State would have went with out the gate, I would have been more on board with him. It was nothing against him. It was just the way that the situation was handled. So I give him a solid B at Memphis. All right. Um, That's going to conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's available on YouTube. It's available on all podcast platforms. Um, thank you for listening. Um. Please wear a mask. Please social distance. Please be aware of your surroundings. Um, please do your research on flu and respiratory viruses. Please do your research on vitamins. And as always, go nose.